Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 21st of July 2011. I always start off the broadcast by suggesting to newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and you'll find hundreds and hundreds of audios to download and listen to at your leisure where I try and give you the shortcuts and into the understanding of the massive system you're born into. And it really is full of incredible layers of deception, right down to even local governments, never mind your federal governments. But that's how bad things really are and how really uh, very rich people grabbed the whole kit and caboodle called the planet a long time ago and brought in their, their interdependent world, as they like to call it themselves. Which means that everyone else who's not up there uh, deciding what the rest do is interdependent for everything they need. They're totally dependent for their food, water, shelter, clothing, heats, everything. That's what it's boiling down to. That's what they mean by interdependence. And I show you how the big organizations, foundations, and the NGO armies they have and, and finance heavily uh, really are a parallel government, uh, and, and they themselves work alongside your national governments. In fact, the United Nations, which all your national governments signed a long time ago, mandates that non-governmental organizations, unelected organizations, will help run your governments right down to the local level. And that's why you've got all these greenies on board today that you don't elect in every single level of government uh, that we have. Anyway, look into that site. You'll find lots of information on it. And you'll find that we're just following a script. That's all we're doing. We're following a script. No point in getting really bent out of shape about it because it's been here for a long time before you, your parents, grandparents came along. It was on the go then to bring in a, a form of, um, a totalitarian form of world government where the ordinary person simply can't be trusted to do, to do the right things, you know, the right things like being austere and stuff like that. So we're being conned into by other means. Remember too, you're the audience that bring me, me to you so you can purchase the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order. You can also send cash or use PayPal. There's a donation button on the com site. You can use that. It tells you how to do it on the site. And uh, you can follow it up with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. And across the rest of the world, same thing. Uh, you've got, uh, again, you've got uh, PayPal, but you've also got Western Union or MoneyGram. And uh, straight donations would certainly be appreciated because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. If I did, I'd be rolling in the dough, as they say, and uh, doing awfully well. As it is, I, I'm not compromised. I can say certain things, perhaps, because I'm not um, sponsored by uh, advertisers. And um, that, that makes me feel better to an extent as well. And the ads you hear on this show are, are really uh, put out independently by the advertisers to RBN, and that pays for the airtime, this broadcast, it pays for the staff, the equipment, 
and hopefully some of the bills at RBN as well because it's awfully expensive to do this kind of business indeed. So you can help me out, as I say, by going to the website and seeing what you want. Now, as I say, this is all I do here really on this broadcast is chronicle uh, this, this system. As we go through the system, I tell you always what's coming up because I, I knew what was coming up an awful long time ago because I, I read some of the founding members of the League of Nations books uh, that, and that became the United Nations books and I read their books as well. And they told, uh, really, that each other, because very few folk read these books, except their own kind uh, and academics, uh, they, they said what kind of world they, were, they would bring in and how they'd do it step by step. And the biggest resistance they would have would be for the ordinary people who still believed they had nations. And they had to find substitutes for war eventually. So they came up with terror, global warming, and all that stuff. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Now, the United Nations was set up, and I've gone through the history of the organizations that set up the United Nations, going as far back as the Cecil uh, Rhodes Foundation, with Lord Rothschild as its president, basically, and he took over from Rhodes. And uh, then they merged this this group with uh, the Milner Group, Lord Alfred Milner, who was really a banking uh, guy, uh, and who employed other banking guys, very elite types, though, uh, internationally known for lending money to nations. And they formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs, and the other branches were to be called the Council on Foreign Relations. It wasn't too, wouldn't go down too well in the U.S. if you said you were under the Royal, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Maybe they wouldn't mind today. I don't think they mind so much, but that's how much they've been changed. But anyway... Uh, the United Nations has the task of bringing the world under this particular order, which an elite sat and talked about an awful long time ago, where the, the world was too untidy. There was just too many people mating up and marrying and, and having offspring, and uh, uh, eugenics came into it too. They said there's a the wrong kind of offspring, and etc., etc. Population control came into it. Um, the, the world they wanted to bring in was one where every one of the peasants was highly productive. It's all to do with economics and production, really. And uh, the socialists got in on the act, too, because the socialists are, are part of the elite group of fascists. Whether you like it or not, that's just the way it is. All, all governmental systems are technically fascist in their nature anyway. And they never, ever can remain honest for more than probably a month after they were born. And, and I really believe that, too. So did Jefferson. And um, they cannot help but want to keep things private or, or quiet from the public. And then they start to get specialists in to manage the public. And then they treat you like children eventually. And they tell you nonsense. Even when they, uh, they're bringing down populations, they're bringing you into a world of austerity, supposedly, which means poverty. And, um, and, and uh, all your money will be spent on simply surviving and paying fees, extra fees and extra taxes towards greening and all that rubbish. But that's the world they're bringing into you today. And eventually you'll have to go to even green committees in your community. You know, everything is your community now. Your community this, your community this. You can't get a thing through the mail now without you're part of your community. And again, that's part of it. Communitarianism was the way that they said they'd go under Agenda 21, which is also the same as the Millennial Project at the United Nations. 
but it's the agenda for the 21st century. But eventually you won't go, be able to even get married uh, or mate or have an offspring uh, without going in front of a panel, a Sovietized panel of straight-faced looking people, very, very um, dedicated, you might say fanatical to their tasks, who go over you with a fine-tooth comb and your whole, whole genealogy too and your future mate and they'll give the okay where you can or cannot breed. And I'm not kidding about this, because as I say, they wrote about it at the beginning of the 20th century. This is the system they would eventually bring in. And part of it, too, and that's why they love the communist idea, they dreamed it up, uh, they'd give people the idea of communism, where they'd have the destruction of the family unit, and they'd have hypersex, hypersexualized society, uh, which eventually would have no bonding at all between male and female, just casually uh, like ships passing in the night, as they say. That's all it would be in society, and they would have no offspring except the authorized ones. Well, we're pretty well here today, and people don't really want offspring, so um, that's why they have to bring in massive immigration to, to make up the numbers, supposedly to pay off the debts. Now, most folk don't realize they're born into a pre-existing debt. And as Jefferson said, he says, a generation born into paying off a previous generation's debt are really under slavery. And he said at the end of a generation, the debt incurred by a generation which should be literally torn up and thrown away. And it should be. But it doesn't do the bankers any good because, you see, money and power and economics is all about control, ultimate total control over everyone. And so they've got to keep this debt ball rolling, even though it's all farcical to start with. But, um, as I say, the, the United Nations also had to find ways to bring in this global society, knowing eventually they would run out of wars to fight. And uh, most wars uh, you'll see across the globe right now have backing by one of the major powers, on, at least on one side as the ethnically cleanse another group. Uh, with the approval of the UN, you know they approve of it because the UN sits back and whistles uh, if uh, there's nothing in that country they actually want because the UN is in private uh, public partnership. It's not even public because the UN isn't even, it's a private company. Um, but they have all these other private organizations, including the military-industrial boys on board with them and the oil uh, cartels as well who helped to finance them heavily. It's a corrupt organization, but uh, they sit and whistle in the wind when places um, like Sri Lanka ethnically cleanse off the, the people from the north and do nothing about it at all. Uh, however, when it comes to apparently four folk getting shot uh, in Libya, uh, they're in there with the French jets and British and Americans right, right off the bat because there's lots of oil there. It's a complete farce. It's about economics, as we all know. But they'll never tell you that because they want to pretend they're the only good people on the planet to care about the whole world and, and the plants and people and all the rest of it and children as they watch them getting blasted to bits, as I say, in places like Sri Lanka. Anyway, here they are at, at it again. You see, they just substitute for war because they'll run out of wars eventually. That's why they also dreamed up the idea of global terrorism. You see, it worked. It worked for Lenin. And it worked for Stalin. Once they had secured a form of a border around the Soviet Union, that they find terror within, because there was none without. So they had to find terror within. And that's why they had many, many years of purges and terrorism and gulags and mass shootings. And millions disappeared. Multi-millions of people disappeared. So we are now in the same system, whether you like it or not, under the same propaganda, in fact, actually. Uh, nothing changes. Why change it when it works the first time? And the UN is now going about the climate change, which is just weather changes. We've always had weather changes on the planet. 
We've been here for an awful long time, and there's seldom 50 years go by without a change in one way or another, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's the way it's always been. However, their, 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 their task now is to, to, to try to train you that there's actually um, a specific type of, of, of spring, summer, fall, and winter, and it should always be exactly on like clockwork all the time, and it's exactly the same as the last time. And, of course, it's never, ever been that way. But uh, that's the image that they want to give you, that something's happening so they can take total control over all food supplies and over all societies as well. Remember, they are supposed to, according to their own charter, eventually dish out the food supplies of the world to the regions of the world, as they want to call it, and they do call it, in fact, and, and they will give you quarters of food and eventually, if your population they claim is too big, that's your problem. You better take it down because, or find a way to bring it down because they're not going to increase your quota. And believe you me, after about two or three years of this stuff, anyway, they'll start decreasing the quotas anyway because they do want to bring the populations down. They've said it so many times. Private organization, United Nations. Nobody of the general public, any country, got a chance to vote on it. It was just rammed through, as always, and every country signs treaties with them as though they were an actual nation. But they're not a nation. Uh, they're a, a, a private company, organization, a corporation based in New York. But here they go with the next change, because I've been talking about the coming famines and plagues and all the rest of it, if we don't take all our shots. And they want to take over all the food supply. Climate change threatens peace, the United Nations official warns. Climate change poses a major threat to future peace and security, a senior UN official has warned. Achim Steiner from the UN Environmental Program said uh, climate change would also exponentially increase the scale of natural disasters. Well, you see, again, most folk don't realize it in an age of mass communication, um, you instantly hear of natural disasters, which happen all the time, by the way, and, and again, too, they always have. And, um, but now with instant communication, it's, it seems so close to you, and you see it in vivid color and high definition and all the rest of it. His comments followed the UN declaration of famine in parts of Somalia. It says, meanwhile, Russia rejected a Security Council statement backed by Western nations, which asserted the link, but later agreed to, to a weaker text. Now, what is it they're up to? The Russian envoy Alexander Pankin said he was skeptical about the implications of putting climate change on the Security Council's agenda. They want the Security Council, the guys who decide to send all the, the you know, the, the, the bombing guys into countries and, and blow up civilians as, as they try to save them uh, in bits and pieces. Um, they want the Security Council to take over literally uh, the idea about food supplies of the world. This is what it's about. It says, so Security Council members finally agreed to a text which spoke of the possible security implication, implications of climate change, you know, changes in weather. And he warned that an increase in the frequency of natural disasters across the globe could prove a major challenge in the coming decades. And then again, it might not, and it could not, because, you see, they're, they're always just stirring up nonsense. These are the same guys that said in the 60s you're going to get a coming ice age, and we're all supposed to be high, pay high taxes towards that. It kind of fell flat, though. And they kept showing us the same little valley and said there used to be a glacier here, but what they didn't tell you that was thousands and thousands of years ago. But uh, cons and tricks play the game when they say it, when it's said with straight faces on television. And it always will, I guess. He said recent crises such as Somalia illustrate that our capacity to handle these kinds of events is proving a challenge. 
particularly if they occur simultaneously and start affecting, for instance, global food markets, regional security issues, uh, displacing people, creating refugees across borders and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's already been happening too, of course, because you see the five agri-food businesses, again, backed by the United Nations, who are all pally with them, uh, are really trying to get, go after all the food supplies of the planet. And they've done an awful good job. And, of course, Monsanto, all the boys are in on it with their GM poisons uh, to bring down the populations. This is clearly the international community. It's an interesting term to international community. Uh, I mean, most people out there don't know anybody in it uh, at the top, you know, but here we are at the international community. Uh, if the scenarios in, pl- in climate change for the future come true, we'll face an exponential growth of these kinds of extreme events, he added. Now remember too, I've read the early articles before where they say we must create scary scenarios to the public will never listen to us and all the rest of it. So um, I won't bother putting that link up again, but this is the same con after con after con as they try now to put NATO and all these guys over the food of the entire planet. Maybe you'll be gardening one day illegally, you know, in your little 10 by 10 garden, and you'll see an F-18 come over and, and boom, that's you, Kaputsky. You know, because it was a forbidden guard. You didn't get a license for that and permission from the greenies, did, you know. And you didn't pay a water license for the water in the garden either. And you think I'm kidding me. Eh? Anyway, in Australia, where they're trying to really go ahead with all uh, the, the, the fresh air tax, I call it, because I, I said years ago that they'll eventually tax you for breathing, and, and here we go, CO2. Um, sea level rises are slowing tidal gauge records show. It says, uh, new government advisor Phil Watson has pictured, blah, blah, blah. Watson has written a report stating that global warming is not affecting sea levels and that the, the, the Skevek roses are actually decelerating. So in other words, it's, the sea is dropping. It says that one of Australia's foremost experts in the relationship between climate, between weather changes, I'm going to, I'm going to stop using their nonsense, climate change, weather changes and sea levels, has written a peer-reviewed paper concluding that rises in sea levels are decelerating. Uh, I wonder if they ever went up at all. It says uh, the analysis by New South Wales principal coastal specialist Phil Watson calls into question one of the key criteria for large-scale inundation around the Australian coast by 21,000, the assumption of an accelerating rise in sea levels because of, well, changes in the weather again. Anyway, I'll put this report up too, and it's actually dropping, as you see. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And just before I leave this article, it says that climate change researcher Howard Brady at Macquarie University said yesterday the recent research meant sea levels rises accepted by the CSIRO were already dead in the water as having no sound basis in probability. And down below it, it says too, it says in a nutshell, the factual information, this is factual information using actual, you know, measuring poles, which you do, they're all measured which is the only practical thing you can possibly do, uh, are miles apart from, from, from the models. You know, there's special computers you get made to give you... A, they, they, spurn, they, they chew out these computers, just terrifying scenarios. That's all they do. Because there's nothing fed into them based on fact. So I'll put this link up tonight as well. And then um, something coming close to you shortly. This is what's... Uh, the, the UN's got this massive... The World Health Organization under the United Nations has got this massive inoculation vaccination program across the world 
uh, and they've already got all the first world going down sick, so they've got to get the rest of them in the third world. And um, I've read articles before where they've uh, they admitted last year, I think it was, that they'd, they'd given polio vaccines, that, but it was the aerosol type or the, the stuff you just sniff or spray, or, or the, the sugar ones as well. They'd given them out uh, in parts of Africa, and what happened was... Um, uh, it, it turned into, by going through the bodies of the people, a live virus, it turned into a super polio disease. It's, no, they can't stop it. But it doesn't stop a, a good psychopath to keep at it. And it says 131 children vaccinated at gunpoint in Nisanji. Uh, 131 children from Nisanji who fled into neighboring Mozambique during the anti-measles vaccine a few months ago were vaccinated this week at gunpoint. The children belonged to Zion and Atumwe churches and were taken into Mozambique by their parents to hide them from officials, fearing they might get vaccinated. They get more sense than we have, you know. According to Dr. Medicine uh, Machaya, District Health Officer for Nisanji, medics went to, vaccine, uh, want, went to vaccine the children in Nisanji under police ex- escort. And anyway... Uh, some of these people don't believe in the vaccines. They believe it makes you sick. Well, I guess they've watched us for long enough and, and listened to Western radio and watched the, the Western uh, movies and, and seen how, how sick we are, I guess. And they don't want it happening to them. And uh, they're trying to save their children. Because, after all, people like Bertrand Russell and others who are, again, working with the UN, the Macy Group, and uh, many other groups at Frankfurt School, said they would use different methods of bringing down the population and the IQ of the public. He said, including the needle. Uh, Never forget that part. And if you think uh, they wouldn't do that, you don't have a chance of surviving. Because, you see, they have been doing it. They have been doing it all along. I've gone through... Um, the different histories of some of these vaccine makers, the heroes they give you, and they, they belong to eugenic societies like the, the Dr. Salk, for instance. And then he suddenly comes out with, after saying that he, he wanted to drastically and radically uh, reduce the population in the world, he comes out as a savior with polio vaccine with over a hundred simian live viruses in each shot, including the simian 40 virus, which causes cancer. That's his only purpose. Because after all, you see, if they came out and says, look, we know best. You're all pretty stupid down there. This is the leak talking, of course. Uh, we'd like some volunteers because there's too many of you. And um, we want you to tidy up the world a bit. And nobody would, would step forward except the awfully good politically correct type. They might go and volunteer themselves and, and croak first to save the earth. Who knows? Now, Rothschild Australia and E3 International take the leads in global carbon trading market. What a surprise, eh? Uh, Sydney, Australia's Rothschild Australia and A3 International are set to become key players in the international carbon credit trading market. What a, what a gas, eh? An emerging commodity market that analysts estimate could be up to uh, $150 billion US dollars by 2012. I mean, really, you don't have to collect anything at all. It's all based on nonsense. It's a good magic act, though. And it's better than compound interest and stuff like that. It's far better. And here they are raking in the cash, really raking the cash by trading the stuff, which they'll get for free from the governments, by the way. That's how they did it in the EU. They gave start-off free tickets for, 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 uh, for trading this stuff amongst the top international corporations just to kick it off. And they're actually getting profits by the end of the year. Figure that out. Figure, who, figure out who won't be getting a profit. You know, the real ones that are going to pay for it. 
Next, he's going to move that will reshape the fledgling emissions trading market. Rothschild Australia and the E3 International today announced their intention to launch the Carbon Ring Consortium. That's just Lord of the Rings here, right? An investment vehicle that will provide companies in the Asia-Pacific region with an innovative way of learning about and understanding their risks in the new carbon market. They should call it the black market after carbon, really, shouldn't they? The Carbon Ring Consortium is the first of its kind in the Asia-Pacific region, and it's no wonder, nobody was insane before, and it's the first in a series of private investment vehicles that Carbon Ring PTY Limited will launch in coming years. And, of course, they're all tied in with Al Gore and his companies, too. They're just raking in the cash already. And, of course, the Rothschilds with their private bank in Switzerland as well uh, from the other sides of the family. So there you go. It's on its way. Uh, it's bad enough we, with the old king, I think it was um, King James, when you had the light tax and you had to you got taxed in your window panes, how many you had for light coming in the window. So folk just bricked up their, their houses. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. I'll also put a link up to at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. I've got all these links up in fact tonight. Uh, on a greeno side coming to a town near you soon, where they've got the green cops out, etc. I've seen it in Africa as well, because someone sent me a, a video, a documentary uh, of a UN-sponsored green agenda, and you see these guys dressed up in a bit kind of lighter green and combat green, uh, olive green, and uh, they have long, long sticks, about four and a half feet, five feet long, and they're bashing these peasants <laughs> near, near their little straw huts for, for not being tidy enough and, and that kind of thing. And this is sponsored by the United, and they're already bashing on them, you know, really thumping on them, and uh, sponsored by the United Nations. And it would be, wow, well, that's over there, you know, we're different here. Yeah, we're different here. The problem is taser you, and then bash your head in afterwards. Anyway, that's that's a wonderful world that we live in. And then, uh, just if we go to a, a callers there, this article here is from uh, The Guardian, who's all for the green science and all that. Anyway, it says, GM regulators chose to ignorance over science. Uh, if you don't look before crossing roads, you will before long be hit by a truck. Even if you do look but neglect to account for bends in the road, sooner or later you will still be hit by a truck. Precaution is a simple life-saving logic that some governments have attempted to codify as precautionary principle to reduce the probability that new technologies and industrial products will later bite back. It's a logic cover that many industries and scientists, and notably the U.S. government, vehemently oppose. Last month, however, it became a salutary lesson in the value of looking at the science before one leaps. In May, the Journal of Reproductive Toxicology published a paper that showed Canadian women now routinely have GM pesticides called BT toxins present in their bloodstreams. Now, remember, Canada was the, the, the unwitting test bed for this because our government of Canada, it's a wonderful government, uh, they admitted after it broke out from the British side, they had to come out and admit it, that they'd secretly been testing all of the, the GM food 
on the Canadian population for at least 10 years before it broke out in Britain. The news broke out in Britain because the government had made, as they said in the, in the newspapers at the time, secret deals with Monsanto and others to test it out. So there you are. That's what we are to them. We're just nothing at all. We're, we're just guinea pigs. We're rats in a cage. And so it breaks out for us in, in Canada, naturally. So the women in Canada routinely have GM pesticides called BT toxins present in their bloodstream. So do do 80% of their unborn babies. That's why they're awfully quiet in Canada, a few beers, you know, and uh, some awful television, and they're very happy people. Presumably, they acquired tox- the toxins by eating GM corn or from livestock fed on it. It's more than corn. They were putting this in everything, by the way. Because I passed lots of the GM fields at the time and I took photographs of them because I wondered what all these, it would say test beds and little numbers on them and there certainly wasn't corn that were growing. Just by itself, this result does not prove that any harm has occurred. Of course not. We're just, you know, walking poisonous lumps of whatever. Though it's hardly reassuring. And as the first experiment of its kind, it needs repeating. Well, let's try another population. What does it, what it does definitely prove, however, is equally important. The remarkable complacency of the global safety regulators of GM crops who have argued that this was impossible. Well, that's rubbish because, you see, they knew darn well what they were going to do. They used them as guinea pigs. They knew it would happen too. They, they tested all this stuff on animals long, 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 many years beforehand. Finding BT toxins in human blood highlights two particular regulatory decisions that illustrate this complacency. Regulators first decided to rely on a simple model of a human gut, a test tube actually, to convince themselves that BT toxins are completely broken down during digestion. They then chose to assume that this proved BT toxins, like the assume part, uh, would never reach human organs. This led to their second crucial decision, which was not to require meaningful toxicological tests on BT toxins. I'll add, at all. <laughs> the flaws of the reasoning stand starkly exposed by the reproductive toxicology paper. Not only have simple blood tests apparently demolished what regulators have long argued, the BT toxins are not absorbed, but the paper also illustrates how easy it would have been for regulators to check the test tube assumptions. They knew darn well it was going to be uh, kept and it would go into the organs of the body and into the cellular structure of every human being that ate it. That is the, that's the, they weaponize your food. Food, water, uh, and injections is what the boys said before. Food, water, and injections. That's what um, um, Galton Darwin says. Said in the 1950s, the physicist who worked on the Manhattan Project, another relative of Charles and the Galton family, and he, in his book, The Next Million Years, said, uh, we have the, the techniques ready to make them sterile, diseased, whatever. He said, um, the only problem is, should we put it in their water supply, in their food, or give it to them through an uh, injection? Well, it's all three, folks. Huh? It's all three. Yeah. These feelings are not merely a question of regulators disregarding the precautionary principle. What's really appreciated is that the precautionary principle is also good science. As Karl Popper first argued in the 30s, science proceeds largely by testing hypothesis against data, and it's supposed to be repeatedly uh, tested against the data. Refusing to test a hypothesis was not entertained by Popper as a serious scientific choice. To, do active, to, to actively choose ignorance, which is effectively what the regulators have been doing, is neither good science nor good regulation, but I'll tell you what it does. It kills us off a lot faster, doesn't it? Doesn't it, eh? And then after reading this one, this article here, how the women are going down. Oh, by the way, Charles Galton Darwin also says they would, they would alter the hormones of the male and the female. They said that would make, them awfully, uh, make the men awful placid. It says it might make the, make the women a bit more aggressive, though. 
Interesting. But of course, that's all coincidence for the, for the coincidence theorists out there. And, and after reading this article, here we are. This, the next article. Why are young women hitting the menopause? Research reveals their fertile years could be shorter than feared, as these women discovered. And then it gives you the usual sort of soap opera introduction. Sitting in her GP's surgery, Lindsay Foots had no idea of the bomb she was about to destroy her cherished dreams. The general practitioner was quite blunt, recalls the marketing professional from Armstrong in Manchester. I think he was as shocked as me. He told me that results from my blood test shows that at just 33 years of age, I was post-menopausal. If I wanted to bear a child, my only hope now was IVF because my ovaries were no longer producing eggs. Now let me think again. They've weaponized your food. It's in the fetus, it's in, it's all through your, your system, including your endocrine system and reproductive systems. And we have other guys at the United Nations who work with the United Nations, like Charles Galton Darwin, a physicist with a, his, his big, his big Nobel Prize and all that, or Pulitzer or whatever else he got there. The slaughtering prize for creating atom bombs. Anyway, he, talks about uh, methods of killing off the people and using hormones to alter the behavior and so on, which also alter, of course, your, your menopause and all the rest of it too. But that's all coincidence for you people out there. No one would do that. You see, all the bad guys are in history books from the past, and, and in the last few years, maybe a handful, we've just suddenly evolved into a superior species of understanding. Boy, I tell you, has the propaganda done a number on you, if you believe that. Now, I'll go to the phone calls now, and there's Bob from Texas online. Hey there, Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Well, and can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. Okay, good. You, you've said so many things. I start out with one thing, and, 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 and then you, you know, go off. Uh, you know, I'm going to touch on the last thing you said. I, I know a scientist that's, uh, uh, that works at the MD Anderson uh, Cancer Research, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was telling me about sea turtles. Uh, they were monitoring sea turtles, these huge sea turtles in a tank, and uh, uh, they they were curious as to why these male sea turtles were turning, you know, having a female character. Okay. They were growing breasts and so forth. They were doing all sorts of tests, and it found they found out that it was the lining of the tank that was uh, uh, it had some sort of plastic lining. Bisphenol A, yes, bisphenol A, they, they have that. They put the bisphenol A now in, in the lining inside beer cans as well, just to make sure the guys get good doses of it. <laughs> they, and they were actually, these, these male sea turtles, he told me, and see, and I was telling him about chemtrails, and he was having a hard time understanding, and then I was showing them to him. And, and so, you know, I don't know, bless his heart, he's a young man, and uh, he's trying hard uh, to get, you know, to be, you know, to do worthy cause. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, anyway, I had to touch on that real quick. And then also, too, uh, you know, I live in a rural area. I work in a rural area. I talk politics a lot because it's in me. I can't help it. You know, I see these absurdities going on. I, I, you know, I, I hold it, and I try to do it in the most appropriate way with, without being offensive to my employer and so forth. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, it always, and, and I live in a very conservative area, and, you know, people see the, the, the taxations and so forth, and they comment on it. But what I think is very strange is, is conservative as everything is, they will always say, yeah, but there's too many people on the planet. Yep. 
You know, and so it's like they're being they're, they're being indoctrinated with this. Verse two, and I said, wait, you're not counting the people that are being genocide or have been genocide. You're not counting the people that are. You're not counting the uh, cancer rate that is being doubly. And when I tell them that, they start, oh, like a light goes on. I said, how many people do you know that have had cancer? Yeah. You know. Uh, anyway, your comments. Well, it's true. Uh, they've been at this for an awful, awful long time. Uh, I mean, for instance, the plastics and the bisphenol A and um, and other uh, and, and the phthalates as well that they used in plastic, they understood what it did to, especially the male fetus between 8 and 12 weeks in the womb uh, uh, in pregnancy. He'd never really be a true man again and probably be sterile or partially sterile. And that's been proven now. Most young men today have only about uh, less than a quarter of, of actually uh, functioning sperm, even at the age of 21 or 18. And then they talk about, like, now, you know... But they knew, that, but they knew that back in the, the 1890s, by the way. 1890s, that's as far back as you knew that. Yeah, yeah The Shape of Things to Come is a very interesting book to read. And, you know, climate climate changes, yeah. uh, I agree, There, you know, there's anomalies and so forth, but I think they're tweaking it through, you oh, know, yeah. through yeah. HARP. Yes. And, and then didn't the Air Force say that, that they wanted to own the weather, you know? Yes. And, and so does not uh, weather, weather control food supplies, mm-hmm. yep. you know? Oh, drought or famine, absolutely, that's your food. That's what they said in, in uh, uh, the treaty at the United Nations back in the 1970s to do the weather warfare. They said we, we can make earthquakes, we can create droughts, we can, we can create floods, um, we can guide in hurricanes. I've, I've seen photos. I, I saw an actual photo of antenna banks for miles and miles uh, from someone uh, from uh, uh, Russia, Soviet, Soviet Russia. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. this was back in the early 60s, late mm-hmm. 50s, early, and these were photos. Okay, now, and they were trying to control the weather then by sending, the Soviets were trying to do that by sending frequencies, uh, you know, radio frequencies in the atmosphere at that time. Well, what, what do you think they're doing now? Oh, yeah, the, the first time they, they came out here was in the early 70s, and, and in Montreal, Canada picked it up. All the ham radio enthusiasts couldn't get a particular... Uh, um, uh, on a particular frequency, uh, they were getting total jamming by the woodpecker sound. And I'll, I've got it here. I've got tapes here. They're still using it. I can pick it up, up every day now, 24 hours a day on shortwave radio. And it sounds exactly the same as it did when, this, when CNS did a, a, a broadcast on, from the 60s on this, or the 70s on this very topic. It's exactly the same sound. They're, they're bombing us 24 hours a day with it now. Yeah. And that's why I, I know that there are solar flares and, and that, and that causes interference, but yep. I also do know that there's that they can cause interference with whatever games that they're playing with the atmosphere. Well, you have to go into even the released uh, under the Freedom of Information Act the the letters of Teller 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 who helped create the the H bomb. Right. And he uh, worked to the Pentagon, and, and you'll you'll find it out there if you look. I've got them here somewhere. But uh, he also advocated spraying the air, uh, high high altitude spraying. He said, with metallic particles, aluminum oxide. I've got an interesting article in Aerospace that talks about, a uh, magazine, talks about, yeah. and, uh, it, nice little caption, shape of things to come with a yeah. blimp. And, and, you know, they're saying it's marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, okay, you're going to fly a big blimp with some big marketing print on this. Who, oh, that's going to make me buy a certain uh, yeah. film, or that's going to make me buy a certain uh, tire. No, come on, baloney. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's such a cover. 
You know? Of course it's a cover, but if you go back, as I say, into the, you'll find that, that Teller advocated spraying, and we've had that daily now since 98 across the world, um, these terrible sprays of uh, aluminum oxide, barium, uh, and other metallic particles. He said we can use this, this uh, electromagnetic frequency, which is HARP, along with it, and it'll make it far more powerful, it'll go right across the entire nation. And, and everyone's sleepy, and there yeah, is not yeah. a night you, that goes by that your throat, my throat has been, yeah. you know, how can you have a rough, sore throat for, for years on end? I know, and they know this in the Medical Association because since 98, uh, first it was um, antihistamine skyrocketed, and then bronchial dilators uh, skyrocketed, all breathing problems, and then antibiotics for, for, for bronchitis skyrocketed, constant recurring antibiotics, and then you had the UN coming out and saying, oh, we've got a strange thing of, of massive uh, sudden increase in, al- in asthma, and uh, and asthmatics now can be any age at all. Before it was just young people. Now people in their 40s and 50s are coming down with it for the first time. You can't breathe the poisons in. But, you know, I watch this spraying pretty well daily. And, uh, and of course, they're using the harp on top of it. And because um, I, I pick it up on the shortwave. So they are doing what Teller wanted. It was a big project at the Pentagon at the time. And they are using it today. And, of course, the, the UN is aware of it. Yeah, the UN is aware of it, and the UN is playing it out under, under, my God, the weather is changing. My God, we've got to save ourselves, give us more power. They're you know. tweaking, you know, they're calling it climate change, but they're yeah. tweaking it. They're, ca- they're causing the climate change, yes, you know, absolutely. through that. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and then they control people's minds through this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And to hear people sit here and say, oh, there's too, there are too many people on the planet. Yeah. Well, they don't realize how many people have been exterminated. Exterminated and when you look at the official uh, um, figures from all the census from the different countries, our, our population has been plummeting. Very, very few children are being born. Every country in the West says even with mass immigration, they're not sure they can stabilize the population. We've dropped, we've dropped so much. And one quick comment, uh, Alan. Uh, Alan, to say Alex, I'm sorry. Alex, uh, there, not one quick comment. You know, I, I saw a uh, police officer, and he was from a total, and he's from the coast, okay, a, a, from our region, okay? And he was wearing military, uh, plain uh, olive drab uniform, uh, Rockport police, city police, filling up in a gas station in San Marcos, Texas, and with uh, uh, 45 scrapped on his or a 9-millimeter nine, nine Glock strapped on his hip. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking at that, and I said, Cheryl, look at that. You know, I said, this guy is uh, he's miles away from his jurisdiction. Yeah. He's scrapped down uh, with this. And uh, what's he doing here looking mm-hmm. like someone fresh out of a uh, army camp? Yeah. And he's yeah. driving. He, he, was, uh, he was driving a, a municipal a city a cop car. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, he must be in transit or whatever, you know. I, yeah, I, I'm sure, but that that is weird. Okay, that looks yeah. very militaristic to me. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, God bless, and thanks for taking my call, and and I'm hanging in there, bro. Okay, you hang in. Talk to you again. Back after this break.
Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And just before I go to Mike in Texas, I'll, I'll mention to another link I'll put up tonight. It's the ideal utopia uh, that the green, the greening bunch want, that the eugenicists want. It's uh, welcome to utopia, greening, sustainability and austerity. And, and they actually have a model they're basing it on in, in photographs. And I'll put them up tonight to, to show you the ideal state of austerity and greening and sustainability. Don't forget to look at it, too. Now, we'll go to Mike in Texas, if he's still there. Alan? Yes. Hey, I'm the fellow that's been writing you, uh, corresponding you recently. I told you about that global executive MBA program that I'm in. Yes. In Texas now. Yeah, well, it's good to speak with you finally. Um, it's funny. Um, I've had so much of an education involuntarily. Actually, my son was harmed from uh, immunizations. He's nine now, completely disabled. Uh, worked across the street from police headquarters in Manhattan for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Was there for 9-11. Um, the group I was in, we helped rebuild the telecommunications infrastructure for all of downtown Manhattan. And funny thing is uh, we were told we could park wherever. Where Normally the, uh, the parking is paid for or, you know, they issue tickets like crazy. Well, they kept issuing us tickets even though we were there with special placards in our windows. And they said, don't worry. The, the town and the government will, will take care of it for you. And all of a sudden, you know, year and a half after uh, we were finished rebuilding the telecom infrastructure, they started towing all our vehicles and saying, well, who promised you that? <laughs> and uh, telling us that we all owed thousands in, uh, in parking yeah. summonses. Yeah. Um, we had a, um, uh, the police, I'm not sure if you remember, but the New York City Police, their union, they argued they didn't like the deal that they had, so they went on strike and they shut down all of Midtown Manhattan, Times Square. Yeah. Uh, when we and the phone company had a strike right across the street from them, they come out with the riot gear and the <laughs> police on horses and tell us if we step off the, the sidewalk, they're going to crack our heads in. So yeah. Uh, yeah. this is the uh, this is the wonderful police we had to deal with. And that's something. Yeah. 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 Hey, you mentioned something. I know you. You said you couldn't do Tolkien justice um, in, a, in a short program, but it's funny. I, uh, in high school, I was enamored with the, the novels. I read them over and over again, and I did a paper on good versus evil. And um, I didn't, actually, uh, my English teacher was from England, Mrs. Hunt, and she said, uh, "It's interesting this uh, idea you bring up that uh, you know evil in the, in the books, in Tolkien's books, they are actually self-defeating their purpose because they're destroying the earth." And uh, even their own creatures and themselves, their own loyal folks won't won't make it. So when you look at that um, today, with all of the spraying and the, the you know even with the, the seed bolts that they're saving, uh, these 13 families um, and whoever they choose to be able to stick around, their end game. Don't they know that they're destroying the earth for themselves, or is is their science so advanced that we don't know how they're going to clean things up? Well, I mean, if, if they get rid of all of us, they're still yeah. going to have this poison planet on their hands. They, they will to an extent, but I'll tell you another thing too. Science is so far ahead. Uh, I'm talking maybe centuries, the high sciences than than uh, the public are taught, or and uh, even professors are, are kept in the dark uh, because and it's been this for an awful long time as well. They used to call science the underground stream in Newton's day, and he belonged to the societies, of course, that passed on knowledge. Because knowledge was power. And they said that eventually they'd have power over all the kings and queens and governments of the earth. 
and science would rule, but it would have to be kept secret from the, the general population. Well, they passed that, that stage an awful long time ago, and they can certainly, there's a lot they can do, I'm sure, with other chemicals and to, to neutralize the damage they've already done. Um, and they also have good parts of the globe they can go and live in for a thousand years if they want to, uh, as, as, as it comes back to normal. They know this too. They've, they've been through scenarios like this. How long could they last? Where would they live? Underground even. Um, all, all of the, these things are looked into in the high, high levels because survival of the top elite are, are, is the most important. Their own survival is all important. We're just passing along and serving them on the way. But thanks for calling from Hamish from South Frontier, Canada. It's good night to me. God or your God, school with you.